Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. So we're going to be speaking about joy and um, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about what I've learned from Scripture. And something actually that I've learned along the way is that joy is not a yo-yo. You see, I used to think that God was like a yo-yo. He was happy and then he wasn't happy. When I was, things were going well, he was happy with me. When they weren't, he wasn't happy with me. When things were going well, my Christian walk was going well and I was all in, I was on fire. But when things weren't going well, maybe God wasn't happy with me. And so I kind of maybe withdrew or pulled back a little bit. But what I've learned is God is not like a (laughs) yo-yo. And joy is not like a yo-yo. It doesn't come and go. It's steadfast. It sticks with us through everything. It's not dependent on our circumstances or our situations. It's actually dependent on Jesus. And I hope to talk through today what joy is and how Jesus is steadfast throughout all the things that we're going to walk through in our life. I wonder if anyone here can relate to living a life that can sometimes feel like a yo-yo. <laughs> Husbands know nudging your wives right now. Up and down, up and down. In our personal walk, in our emotions. I'm happy today, I'm not happy tomorrow. In our circumstance, everything's going good, I'm happy, it's not going well, I'm not happy. In our walk with God, God's showing up for me today. I can feel the tingles. I'm happy. No more tingles. Actually, I don't think God's in this anymore. And you know, if you've ever felt that way, like I have, you're not alone. Actually, James writes a letter to the church about this exact same thing. He's calling to the church, to the people. Guys, God's not a yo-yo. Joy is not a yo-yo. Don't be like a yo-yo. Thank you, team. You guys can grab a seat. So we're going to be looking in the text of James today. And just to give you a little bit of context about where they're at, James is the brother of Jesus. And he's talking to the church that have been persecuted. He's talking to the church and he addresses them as the spread out churches. Now, they've been spread out because they are being chased. Some of them are being killed. Some of them are just getting a really hard time by the culture around them. They're being forced to, as part of the culture, worship other gods. And these Christians are saying, no, we don't believe in worshipping other gods. We're going to worship Jesus. But what he's finding is that a lot of the Christians, because of the persecution, are starting to drift. They're starting to wonder. They're starting to say, I actually don't know if God's in this. I'm not sure that I'm actually up for this. They're starting to panic for their loved ones. I mean, am I going to see my husband when he comes back? Their emotions are getting involved and they're starting to think, actually, do I have what it takes to live this out? And so he's speaking to them and that's where we come to the text. In James 1-2, it says, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops your perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and lacking in nothing. Within this Christian community, people are feeling stuck in their faith, that things are just too hard right now. 
It's trial after trial. I don't know if anyone else here has felt like life is bringing me trial after trial. Can I just get a break? (laughs) We're not alone. It has been part of the lifestyle of humans since the beginning of time. But what I love is that we have guidance. We have scripture to encourage us along the way. Throughout scripture within James, but throughout the entire Bible, we see that the writers of scripture have this common thought of what joy is. And it's this, if you can see God in everything, you can see joy in anything. If you can see God in everything, you can see joy in anything. In other words, joy is having an awareness that God is a part of our everyday, that he's in the middle of whatever we are facing, that he is a good God, and he has something good in mind. If you can see God in everything, You can see joy in anything. Through this letter, James is urging the people to go beyond just believing in God and actually living like God is with them in the middle of their trial. He's saying it's no good just saying, hey, this is what we believe. I want to see the action. I want to see it worked out in your everyday life. And the first step to, I guess, having this is to have eyes to see joy. James says, if you... Take great pure joy to see God in things, seeing God in our everyday life. Seeing God in our everyday life, I mean, probably some of us have heard, wow, God was in that. The story that people tell about their own life, their own situations, and they're like, God was totally in that. I got the front car park at the supermarket. God was definitely in that driving through the Macca's drive-through, fresh fries. God is totally in that. <laughs> but really, you know, it's, it's when God is in a moment, in a connection that you make, in a conversation that you have. I was chatting to my mum who made a wrong turn and, and came straight onto traffic on the freeway. And she was like, it was only God that could have directed my car out of that. It's when God, you see God in your accidents. It's when you see God in your children at work. I was chatting with Dean and he was telling me about a wow God moment and we would all have them and his was, you know, we were talking with the team of One Heart, what's going to come next? One Heart is um, a partner of of life here and we home and um, abandon children. What could be next? And it was a, a dream put out there to have a home or a village in Tanzania to have a space to provide home and care for girls that have been trafficked. So this is the goal, this is what we're putting out there. After a little while, some connections pass and we come across a guy who has the resource, the skill and the heart to do something in Tanzania for girls. And we partner and now we're actually in the middle of building an entire new village there. It's a wow, God is in that moment. You know, it's not a matter of where is God, it's a matter of can I see God? Can I see God in my everyday life? moments. Remembering, if we can see God in everything, we can have joy in anything. Joy is a gift. The root word for joy in Greek is kara, which comes from the word charis, which is Greek for grace. It's important to note this because it tells us that kara is produced... Sorry, I just lost where I was. It is produced from who God is. It's not dependent on our circumstances or our situations. 
You know, it's um, experiencing joy is coming, having a revelation of the grace of God in our lives. Look what God has done. I'm not sure if everyone may have met Ange, Angela from church here. Whenever you're around her, you feel joyous because she's had such an encounter with God. She wants to share what she has done and um, what God has done in her life. It's when you meet someone who's just experienced God for the first time, it's like, oh my gosh, I've just had this sense of fulfillment and wonder that I haven't experienced before. So God is seeing God in our everyday life. God, uh, um, joy is a gift. The interesting thing that I found while studying scripture with joy is that it can actually often be caused through struggle. Through trials, just like James says. Take people, for example. People are our greatest joy, yet people are our greatest struggle. <laughs> in Jeremiah, it says that marriage is joy. In other places in the Bible, it says that marriage is pain. <laughs> Just think of childbirth. Labor literally means struggle. It can be with a woman's greatest struggle that she brings into the world a bundle of joy. And I'm sure parents can all agree that there are struggles with raising kids, but the struggle but seeing your kids walk walking out a good life with confidence, it's all worth the struggle. Nevertheless, James is saying, if you see God in everything, you can have joy in anything. If we can see God, we will have a heart to endure trials that come our way. So point number two, heart to endure trials. The scripture is telling us we are going to have trials, but imagine if we could look at trials as a way of growing, of becoming all that God has purpose for us to be. I wonder how that could change how we position ourselves when we come into trials. If we're seeing God in it, how can I grow through this? How I can, can I continue to step into all that God has called me to be? How can I be aware of God in this trial? Just think of a trial that you've got going on now. How can, you be, how can God be a part of that trial? And how can you grow into becoming all that God has called you to be? It, um, it reminds me so much of David's Psalms, like 80% of them. He was such an emotional guy, David. Um, <laughs> He finds himself in these situations where he's needing to hide a lot and be protected by God, whether it's because of his own struggle or because he's in physical danger. Psalms 28, 1 to 2 says, To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear for me, to me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. Hear my cry for mercy as I call for your help, as I lift up my hands towards your most holy place. Further down, he said, The Lord is my strength. Changed. Something's happened. He's crying out, God, don't turn a deaf ear. Where are you, God? Are you a yo-yo? <laughs> Something shifts. And suddenly, God, you are my strength. You're my shield. In you I trust. You have helped me. My heart exhausts you. My heart leaps for joy. And with my song, I give thanks to you. David is struggling. He's going through something so intense that he's crying out for help. I know we can all relate to that, even now. God, where are you in this? I am hurting so bad. How can you actually be in this brokenness? How can this be of you? Remember what scripture writers would say, if you can see God in everything, you can have joy in anything. This is something that David understood. You see, he's crying out and he has a moment, oh, but God is in this. And it changes to... 
Actually, God, you are my rock. You are my refuge. My heart leaps for all that you are going to do. And I love this part about leaping hearts. And I started to wonder to myself, I wonder what makes my heart leap or what makes our heart leap? Is it expecting the news of a new baby? It's that anticipation, that excitement. It might be meeting someone at the airport that you haven't seen for a long time. For my family, it could be having the winning card of Uno. It could be going to see a, a, a sports game where you're on the edge of your seat. Are my team going to win? It's this sense of anticipation. What's coming up next? David had this sense of anticipation in the middle of his trials. And I want you to put yourself in David's shoes this morning. This is how I have learned to see joy in all things. God is in the middle of what I'm walking through. God is good. He has good things in store for me. If I can just see God in this trial, I can have joy in anything. It's not dependent on my circumstance. It's not dependent on my situation. It's not dependent on my emotion. It's not dependent on anything other than Jesus, who is steadfast and solid. If I can see joy in anything, if I can see Jesus in everything, I can see joy in everything. It's this sense of anticipation that something is gonna, good is going to happen. My heart leaps. He believes that God is up to something good. Even in the hard places, when we include God, there is joy. It's not a question is, where do I have to go to get joy? Where do I go to get joy? It's a sense of, can I see joy? You see, David in those moments, he wasn't going to be like, okay, I've just got to stop and wait until people stop chasing me for my life, and then I'm going to get joy. <laughs> I mean, imagine yourself in a hard situation or a family family member in a hard situation. You're not going to go up and have a conversation. They pour their heart out to you and you just say, just wait a minute. In a couple of days, go out and there'll be joy waiting for you. It's not about going to try and find joy. It's knowing that joy is with you always. It's can we see it? Do we have a heart to endure the trials? And it's not that scripture doesn't embrace suffering. Scripture always embraces the suffering. It's not about turning a blind eye to things that hurt. Things hurt. <laughs> the world is broken. But as we know, the answer is that we have a steadfast joy within us. Joy is the awareness that God is with us, that God is good, and that he has good in store for us. It's not dependent on other things, which is just incredible. When we have a heart to endure trials, we have a spirit that lacks nothing. This is what James is teaching. If you can see God in everything, you're going to have a heart to endure trials that come your way, and then you're going to have a spirit that lacks nothing. Be happy about that. Can you imagine lacking nothing? Put me on that list. When I read this scripture, I straight away thought of my son, Reeve, and he would be saying, can I have 200 Robux? Can I have the fastest car? You know, some of us might think when we say lacking nothing, oh, I'd love a house. I'd love a holiday. I would love to meet Jennifer Lopez. God, can you make sure that that is going to work for me? I would love to have a husband who cooks. That's my private wish list. <laughs> but as we know, it's more than that. 
It's a lacking nothing of an internal peace, an internal strength, an internal sense of living on purpose and in fulfillment. It's living a life of joy whether our circumstances or our feelings live up to it or not. Our conviction doesn't change when the worldview changes or another trend comes in. We don't get thrown off course or tripped up by lust, by greed, by things that so can easily entangle us. When James was talking to the church, some of the big things that they were struggling with was greed. He's like, your greed, your selfish lifestyles, your desire to do things your own way is tripping you up. You're being a (laughs) yo-yo. I'm going to help, but now I'm not. Actually, things are getting tough. I'm going to withdraw. Another thing that he was talking to them about was just being anxious in all things because of what was going on in their life. So they were walking around so timid. And he's saying, would you stop being anxious? Because when you're living anxious, you're thinking about what could happen in the future. You're not inviting God to be with you in the moment. And so many of us today will find these same kind of things going on in our world, walking around with anxiousness, thinking about what could be, instead of saying, God, where are you in this moment, in the middle of this moment right now? He was talking to them about being depressed, dragging their feet. We didn't know life was going to be this way. (laughs) If you had told us before, probably we wouldn't have signed up for this Christianity stuff. My life was supposed to get easier when Jesus came, right? And so he's saying to them, hey, stop living in what you thought should have been and it's getting you down now because of what you thought should have been. Invite God into your moment now and have joy now. Be aware of what God is doing now and know that he is good and that he's up to something good. No, no more yo-yoing. Can you imagine a life where you're lacking nothing? Can you imagine how that's going to change your world and the people's world around you? Can you imagine having conversations where it's not led by always what's going wrong? But hey, this is what's going on in my life, but I know God's in the middle of it. Can you imagine your workplace leading your work teams with anticipation that something good is going to happen, knowing that God is a part of what you're doing, that you are called to be here for such a time as this, in the position that you're at for such a time as this, and you have full access to the wisdom of God. How incredible that he has not left us, that he has not forsaken us, but he is with us in the middle of wherever we are headed and whatever we are facing. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have trials. We will. But can we look at trials as an opportunity to grow? To grow into all that God has called us to be. To grow into that partner of patience, loving kindness, gentleness. To grow into that boss of wisdom, of speaking encouragement, of seeing the best in people, to grow into that church community where we're chasing after God and we're not letting our circumstances and emotions rob us. We're not like who he was speaking to in in James, the churches that were spread. Because things are a little bit tough, we're going to back off a little bit now. He's saying, no, have joy. See God in everything and you will have joy in anything. You know, God cares so much about this part of our life. He cares about the entire detail that he's placed in our life. And I pray today that as I've shared a little bit of what I've learned about joy, that something has spoken to you. It may be that you're walking through something yourself where you just haven't been able to break through it. 
where you've just been tripping up, tripping up, tripping up, and God, where are you in this? I'm going to just invite the team to come up and join me as well. You know, I, I lived my life as a Christian for many years, really unsatisfied, because I'd met God, I knew God, but I just kept on getting stuck. I couldn't seem to push through a lot of things. I would try to tick all the boxes. I'd try to do all the right stuff that I knew how to do or what I saw other people do. But there was still such an internal struggle as a Christian. I'm like, God, I feel like there is something missing because I'm doing everything that I know how to do, yet I still don't have a sense of peace. I still struggle. I still question, God, why am I feeling like this? And it was a real tension in my life because I knew that God had more for me. I knew that I'd read that God had, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, that you would have peace and kindness. But I found myself getting tripped up by every trial, like I said, like a yo-yo. When something major would happen within my family, I wouldn't know how to deal with it. I would sometimes feel as though I couldn't get out of bed. When some things got tough in my life, when finances were hard, when direction was blurry, I would find it hard to continue with my day. Can anybody agree or has anybody experienced that in their life before? And so as I began to wrestle with this, I'm like, God's word gives us the wisdom and life skill to live life. I can know it, but unless I'm living it, it's not really going to make a difference. And so I would begin to dig into the word. And when I came across this scripture, consider it pure joy when you face trials. You will lack nothing. Well, God, you mustn't know about my trials. <laughs> because they ain't no joy in there. <laughs> and just clearly the Holy Spirit said, no, there's no joy in the trials, but I am your joy and I am with you in everything. If you can see God in everything, you can have joy in anything. There is nothing in this world that can take away the joy of the Lord in us. There might be some of us here that are feeling like, you know what, can I hear what you're saying? But I don't really see the joy. I don't really have eyes that see the joy or I don't really have the heart to endure because I'm actually done. <laughs> I'm tired. I've had enough of this. And I feel like I lack so much. Well, I just want to take this opportunity to pray for us because it is a place that I have been that I continue to grow through. I love the scripture in Psalm where David says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And I just have a sense that possibly there are some of us today that want to say to God, would you restore to me the joy of my salvation? So I'm going to ask everybody just to stand. And if you're in this place and if anything that I've shared has spoken to you, if you've ever felt or feel like you're a yo-yo, you're in, you're out, God's good, He's not. It's dependent on how life is going. There's an inconsistency. Then I just want you to put that before God this morning and believe that there is going to be a shift, that there is going to be a steadfastness in you that knows that God is with me in the middle of everything. God is up to good and He has good things for me. If you're in this place and maybe you feel like there is no joy there, 
that you want to have a sense of restore to me the joy of my salvation. I want to invite you to do that this morning. God is here. (laughs) He is always with us. He always has good intentions. He cares about this area of your life. And so I just want to take a moment and pray for us. And the team are going to lead us into a moment of worship. And you just have that moment yourself and God and the Holy Spirit to work in your life. So if that's something that's spoken to you, I want to invite you to lift out your hands, close your eyes, raise your hands, take this step of faith and say, God, this is an area I want to be able to see you clearer. I want to be able to have a heart that endures all things. I don't want to be tossed and turned by what comes in my life. God, I want to be someone who is saying, I lack nothing. I have the peace. I have the joy. I have the faith, God, to walk through anything that you have called me to. So we thank You, Holy Spirit, that You are here in this moment. Thank You, Holy Spirit, that You see every heart. Lord, I pray that people that are crying out to You this morning, maybe going through a trial, God, or not seeing clearly, Lord, that feel like they've had enough, God, that feel like there is lack in their life. Holy Spirit, I pray now that You would come, that You would refresh them, that You would restore them, that You would have a sense of joy and peace, God. I pray that they would have a steadfast to know that You are good, that You are up to good in the midst of whatever people are facing. Lord, I thank You that You are here this morning. I pray that You would have Your way in Jesus' Name. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus, that You are our hope. And that when our hope is in You, we are rock solid because You are the rock we need. We just thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for salvation. In Jesus' Name, Amen. You know, as Kina was speaking, I just had a a picture of abseiling. And if you've ever abseiled before, the scariest moment is when you're, you're tethered to the person that is you know, belaying you from the top. I've only done it from that kind of point of view. And you're, you're leaning over the edge and you're scaling down. And there's a joy that comes once you realise you can trust who you're attached to. And I just felt like God say, we've got to know who we're attached to. We've got to know where our security, where our foundation is at. And once we know the joy that comes, it's everlasting. Nothing shakes it. And I just know that there are people in the room today, there are people that are online and you haven't yet made the choice to be tethered to Jesus, to be connected to Him, belayed to Him, because He is the greatest rock we can ever have. I'm on the God that knows far more than we ever know. The God that has us humans, He created us and He has our future in His hands and He has salvation for us and He loves us so incredibly much. Do you realise how much He loves you? He gave His Son, His perfect Son as a sacrifice so that we could come to Him just as we are and say, you know what, God, I wanna trust you. And in that moment when we choose to trust Him, He comes and He leads us and He leads us into His goodness and we can trust Him. And there's a joy that comes because you're not doing life on your own anymore. You're not struggling on your own anymore. You're attached to Him. So while every eye is closed and heads are bowed today, if you're here and you haven't yet made the decision to attach yourself to Jesus, to connect with Him, to follow Him, to have Him as your God, then right now, just right where you're standing, I wanna ask you to say a prayer 
in that prayer, just ask God to be the Lord of your life, that you would start doing life with Him. And for those that are online with us right now, there's an opportunity wherever you are to pray this prayer as well. And this prayer connects you to Jesus. It opens your life to Him. So if you're here today and you wanna pray that prayer, maybe it's the first time you've ever given your life to Jesus, or maybe you're saying, you know what, today I wanna reconnect to Him. I know I've got distracted with other things, connected to other things, but today I'm coming back to be connected to Jesus. Just right where you are, why don't you lift your hand to heaven, to Jesus, to say, say, hey, that's me today. I wanna make that decision to follow you, to be connected to you right where you're at home. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven to say, God, that's me today. I wanna make that choice to surrender to you, to acknowledge you as my God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, I invite You into my life. I ask You to be my God, to be my Lord. I'm sorry for my wrongs. I want a new start in You. I wanna know Your love. I wanna know Your joy. I wanna know Your freedom. I wanna know Your peace. I choose to follow You in Jesus' Name. Everybody said, Amen. Come on, why don't we give a hand to all those that made that decision. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.